It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Locked On Astros, your daily Houston Astros podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Yeah, guys, um, if you want to find me on um, Twitter, you can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse and at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can get Locked On Astros on a podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play the podcast, Locked On Astros. Okay, here we go. This is a big show. This is something that we're trying to wait till Sunday, and it just seemed like everything kept on happening. And then I just texted Brett earlier. I'm like, look, we got to have a show. We got to talk about this. There is so much going on. And I know y'all want us to talk about what happened this morning, or I guess overnight last night. But for right now, let's go ahead and talk about the big news of the day. Something that we did not get to cover was what happened this past Friday. And that is where the owners put out another proposal. It was a 72-game regular season and 70% of their prorated salaries. The prorated salary can jump to 83% if the postseason was completed all the way. And there are several different things, but one of the big things that the owners had an issue with, with all the players' proposal, is the full payout for the people who had to sit down or not play, and they don't want to do full salaries like that. But this was a no-go right from the beginning. As soon as they sent a lot of people, a lot of players are saying, look, um, that was rejected the moment you hit sent because they're, they're on different pages, and we'll talk about how different pages they're on throughout the show today, but we're going to get baseball. We saw that Rob Manfred said that to Carl Ravitch the other day. He said there's 100% there's going to be baseball this year, but we don't know what type. And this is what happened today. Major League Baseball Players Association have rejected MLB's latest proposal and will not counter. In a letter to the league, the union asked asked MLB to inform it on how many games it intends to play and when the players should report. You know, the real issue here is things I'm thinking about are the fact that the players have actually given up, have kind of acquiesced to some of the demands. They've brought down their proposal. They've they've said they're willing to bend. They said they're willing to give a little. And the owners keep throwing these crappy offers in their face. And I don't know why Major League Baseball is hell-bent on not giving them the money that they originally agreed on. It really kind of has got, I mean, I think there are a lot of, not Astros fans, but baseball fans that are just sick and tired. I mean, we haven't even got to the health issues. We haven't even got to all the precautions you're going to have to take in order to have the season. But, like, how bad does this look for the league, Eric, that, you know, both sides are like, well, not both sides. The owners. The owners are kind of being the screwballs here. The owners are being the hardheads, to be honest. The players have given up a lot. And if you look at the financial terms of what they were asking for and why the players rejected it, 
the players aren't being greedy. Um, I 100% stand with the players on this. I know a lot of people say, oh, the players just want money. If it was me, I'd pay for 20 grand or I'd pay for 10, you know, I would play for 10 grand. Bullcrap. No, you wouldn't. If you were getting paid millions and millions of dollars, you wouldn't get 20% of your salary or 30% of your salary. You would want all you could get. Plus, on top of that, they are taking a risk right now and things are kind of crazy. And it's just, it's a bad look for baseball, Eric. It's like we're trying to win fans back. As fans, we're trying to, and as podcasters, we're trying to figure out ways to get people to the game. They're just scaring people off left and right, if you ask me. And what the Players Association is basically doing is they're handing the season over to Rob Manfred and say, okay, since we can't agree on anything, we'll do what you say, but you know this is going to come back and bite you in the butt uh, next year when the CBA is over. And so we could be looking at a possible work stoppage at some point. But uh, Andy Martino, uh, he says that this is ugly, but not quite over. Owners don't think the expanded postseason is worth 80 games uh, full pro rata and Manfred wouldn't be setting a schedule unilaterally. It's negotiated that he can't. It's part of the original agreement. And before we go on too far, a lot of people are like, well, what did the original March 26 agreement call for? A lot of things that the discussion, uh, we talked about playoffs off the air. And so the owners don't think that going 80 games and plus the expanded playoffs will balance out. They think that they'll still be in the red from playing that. So this is what the agreement said and on March 26, it says discussions shall include one-time changes to the structure format, qualification rules, and potential ways to expand the postseason beyond its current format. So basically, there's no plans. There's no agreed uh, plans for a postseason. So right now, Manfred's going to have to pull something out of his hat. He can't do the expanded one without players' permission. It has to be some type of modified version of what they do right now. And you remember those divisions, the West, the East, the Central? Who knows that's going to even happen. Maybe they'll have to rearrange that and go back to ALS and all that stuff. All these things that we've heard about have been based on the, the MLB's just negotiation their proposal so we don't really know what's out there no yeah um another thing that i think makes it look bad is in the houston area if you're in the houston market you've heard of the sugarland skeeters joining forces with roger clemens and colby clemens to put together some proteins a mix of current minor league players and college players and basically playing almost like a like a uh, select type tournament with you know, players in their 20s and 30s. And then at Round Rock, they're going to be hosting a Texas Collegiate League, um, a 10-team league that's going to be all played at the Dell Diamond. And so you've got all these leagues and all these minor leagues that are creating ways to play baseball. Now, while I understand that Major League Baseball is a completely different animal and it demands a lot more attention because of contracts, because of big dollar TV contracts and so on and so forth, I get that. The bottom line is, Everybody else around you is making it work, and you're sitting here spinning your wheels. While the players, you know where the players are going to stand. You know what, owners? Give the players what they want, 
And then when you go to, to negotiations, when the CBA is up, then you say, hey, you remember two years ago, we gave you what you wanted. Now you got to give us what we want. That's what compromise is all about. You've got to concede something. And I really think the owners need to concede this. They can get loans. They can cover this stuff. They're not going to be at a total loss. They won't have to liquidate all their assets. Now, of course, I don't know their books and I'm not an accountant. But at the same time, Eric, I mean, think about it. So if they have a 50-game season, does that mean no playoffs? No, there's there has to be a playoffs. Uh, it's not going to be expanded type playoffs, but it'll be uh, some type of version of the current playoff system with the two wildcard teams, that type of thing. But yeah, this is just, it's basically Rob Manfred has to come up with everything from scratch. I think that the players are going to want some saying this, but I, we don't really know what, uh, what Manfred could do. But this is something that we've heard over the past few weeks. The players have been asking for more games with a full prorate pay and the owners have been offering lower amount of games for less than prorated pay and it seems like the players have given in and given in and they've kind of given in a little bit while the owners keep on going back to that one third mark yeah if you keep on if you lower the amount of games and I think uh, our friend uh, Trevor Bauer said this he said just so you know 70% of prorated salaries at 72 games is exact same as, wait for it, full prorated at 48 games. Nothing to see here. Same exact offer in different clothing. It's just a reallocation of risk. Trevor Williams responded uh, later, it expired as soon as they hit sent. So the players are not happy about this. And I think John Heyman said that uh, he heard the MLB players held a call of 100 players or so, and they were quite unified in the resolve to halt the talks. They're bracing for the Im- implementation of this season as allowed in the March 26 deal by commissioner. They're expecting 50 or so games and offering no expanded playoffs for 20 and 21 for the next two years. So here's the deal. So here's my question, just so you can clear this up for me to make sure I don't have it confused in my mind. And maybe maybe some of our listeners, um, I know sometimes I have to go back over things because my, my comprehension has never been the best. You don't want to see my comprehension scores from fifth grade. But anyways, um, so who, ori- who originally pr- um, proposed the expanded playoffs? Was that the owners or the players? The owners. The owners okay. think that they'll get a lot more money from the additional teams in it and the wild card games being like a three game series or okay. some stuff like that. So they get more games out of this. Okay, so so I'm I'm kind of building my case for the players here. So so the players now offer that, not just for one year, but for two years, correct? Yes. Okay. So they've so they've offered that expanded playoffs for two years to the owners before the CBA. Now the players started out with a high ceiling, 114 games, and then they've come down every time on their offer, correct? Yeah. Okay. So the players have come down on their offer every time. The players have offered two years expanded playoffs, which gives them a ton more revenue over the next two seasons. Also, they have done everything to say, okay, you know, we'll go from we'll go from one point four billion to one point one billion or whatever, nine hundred fifty nine million. You get into the weeds of all the millions and billions. But basically the players have done a lot here. They have done acrobatics. You have to be a contortionist mentally to be able to see or understand all the bending that the players have been doing. And the owners have leaked information. The owners have kind of turned this on its head to make the players look like they're greedy. And I think the owners here, if they really cared about their bottom line, they would get something done. They would not 
have offered this deal that they knew was dead on its face. They knew it was dead on arrival. I mean, you know, Eric, it is reminding me a lot of politics. You know, it's like someone presents a bill that you know the other side's not going to pass. I mean, and that's all that we have going on. The two sides can't get along. Man, man fraud, I mean, Manfred has been an abject failure as a commissioner. I don't like to criticize people in positions that I've never had or probably never will have, but there's no proof or there's no evidence that shows me in any aspect of the game of baseball that Branford is a good designer of the baseball game. Where I thought Roger Goodell was the worst commissioner in all major sports, I think Manfred clearly takes the torch on this. He has become the Michael Jordan of really bad commissioners in pro sports. Yeah, in a letter, uh, everybody writes letters nowadays. What do they say? Dear Dan Halem, this is Bruce Meyer, and I am the union negotiator. And I would like to inform you that we demand you to inform us of your plans by close of business on Monday, June 15th. There remain several open issues that will need to be addressed soon on health and safety protocols. And Ken Rosenthal says, yeah, those are open issues, but uh, the the biggest open issues are on-field player rules, player transactions, rosters, and all other items, not health and safety protocols. So we're trying to figure out what's really going on here. Are they really going to have the 50-man roster, so to speak, the 30-man active? The last proposal, I think, had 29 people on active roster. So it's just going back and forth. We don't know what rule is really around. And it's just weird that stuff is going to happen like this. But uh, uh, for those of y'all that are worried about this, luxury tax is going to be a a thing. What they're going to do is the amount of tax owed by a club shall be determined by multiplying the uh, number of games played and divided by 162. If no games are played, then no tax is owed. So they still have to worry about the luxury tax threshold. Uh, the Astros do. And so they're just going to ha- have a little bit lower amount. So there's just so much going on. Before we move on to the uh, Yankees uh, issue, uh, <laughs> a- any final thoughts? Well, I just, you know, like I said, I I really, really stand wholeheartedly here with the players. You know, I honestly think that, you know, health is a big issue, but also they're due. I mean, they sign contracts, and I believe the owners have an obligation. I will say this. I know the owner's obligation is tied in, and their funds are tied in, gate revenue, TV revenue, so on and so forth. I get that. But for one season, for a prorated even 75 to 80% of a salary, what you owe a player, you owe it to them that much to give them that because that to me would not only give the players a little faith, it would give you a little push in the end, which you've already ruined and squandered. And you could salvage this game to people that were on the fringe were just watching because maybe their local team won something. Now they're like, c'est la vie. No more baseball for me. Yeah, a couple of uh, media talking heads uh, have some opinions on this. Bill Shaken, he says uh, there's probably a coming grievance. MLB arguing players did not negotiate in good faith over salary. And the MLBPA arguing owners didn't negotiate in good faith over the length of the season. And then comes the talks uh, for a new CBA between negotiators who have spent the last two days torching each other. And Jim Bowden says that... uh, that MLB has the opportunity to do the right thing. Implement a schedule of no less than 72 games. However, if they don't, I hope they give careful consideration to the positive, negative, and long-lasting ramifications with fans, players, 
media, front office, execs, managers, coaches, scouts. So this is not just about the players. This is about everybody. And everybody's going to be affected by what Manfred unilaterally decides. And that's a lot of pressure for him. And if the season is a waste, it uh, goes down in history as a disaster, asterisk, whatever you want to say, this is going to be all Manfred. And so I think that's what the players have decided to do. They're like, look, we can't get together. We can't decide things. So let's go ahead and just kind of move on. And we just want to play ball. And I love the way somebody tried to call out Lance McCullers today and just say, uh, he said, um, now we just want to play ball or something. And somebody said, well, nothing's stopping you or something. And uh, so McCullers said, actually, yeah, the owners are stopping us. We can't just go sign <laughs> with the Sugarland Skeeters and because uh, we'd get sued because we're violating our contract. And we can't play baseball until the owners tell us to play baseball. And so that's what we're, we're waiting on. We're waiting for the owners to give their go-ahead. And the players are just like, okay. Yeah, you know, Eric, with all this talk about just all these different things happening or things not working properly, it just reminded me that sometimes I've got to know where I can find parts and accessories for my vehicle. And I have a 2017 Nissan Titan and I've been looking for um, a bull bar with light and wiring and I haven't been able to find anything. And I go to rockauto.com and I find it. And I find that on their pricing, that their prices are 30 to 50, even sometimes 100% less than what I'm paying at any chain store. I go to a specialty auto um, shop or I go to a truck shop and I want to get a lift kit. They're going to be twice as much. So I go to rockauto.com and I type in 27 Nissan Titan 5.6 liter and I'm looking for muffler and I find it. Boom, they have it. And what's great about rockauto.com is, Eric, they are family owned. They're not like these chain stores who aren't don't have a personal relationship with their customers or they have these massive price increases or these... Um, you know, they're, they're charging over, over what, what the ticket is. They take pride in what they do. They have hundreds of parts from hundreds of manufacturers, probably thousands of parts. You can get anything from engine control modules to brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So if you just go there, you can just in a few clicks, you can have this product delivered right to your door. The catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand and specific prices you prefer. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us? to let them know that we've seen. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts for your car you'd ever need at rockauto.com. Now, it's funny, Eric, that you talk about an asterisk on the 2020 season. And people have been handing out asterisks like their candy lately to our Houston Astros. And I'm wondering, are the Yankees due an asterisk? Um, I actually followed the Yankees shame tour today on Twitter, uh, where it has the New York symbol and an asterisk. I'm going to have to see if we can make a shirt like that. I want to make one for myself. Now, I'm not going to put the cart before the horse, but it's pretty hilarious. And I'm sorry, karma is a real you-know-what with this crap coming back to possibly bite them in the tail end. Now, if this comes out to be nothing, Eric, that's fine. I don't have a problem. But I've moved on with the Astros sign, Stanley. We know it happened. We've seen the video. It's pretty embarrassing. They use a trash can. Come on, guys. Y'all have more talent than that. But if the Yankees were also involved in something just as egregious, 
Oh my goodness. And this is what's funny, Eric, the commentary I've heard today, and I've observed a lot of Twitter, and I know Twitter's not the full and all-encompassing view on this, but a lot of Yankees fans were like, when you mentioned steroids, you mentioned like, well, you know, that's not the same, you know, like it's a different level of cheating. So what they're saying is, yeah, the Yankees did it. There's no way they did it at the levels the Astros did it. So now all of a sudden when the ball's in their court, it's suddenly okay. It's not a big deal. It was the guy on second. But there are reports, Eric, that there were cameras, three different cameras set up in the outfield in 2017 and left, right, and center field trained on the catcher's mitts to steal signs. We'll get into that. But what do you think, Eric? Tell me. They say that they have till Monday to release this document. Do you think that there's going to be anything significant to come out against the Yankees with this? Uh, Not with Rob Manfred in charge. I think that if this is a scandal, they've already covered up everything. They've already hit all the bodies, so to speak. And so I don't don't really, I'm not going to get too excited about this until we see what happens. Uh, Because I know Evan Drellick had that that article that dropped late last night at 1 a.m. I think Houston time, that was a very curious time. And all Astros Twitter was up all night tweeting about it. And I know that that there's uh, the Yankees and Major League Baseball don't want that letter to be opened up because it could possibly hurt individuals or something like that. And there was alleged um, like a uh, cheating scheme in uh, Evan Drellick's original article. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I think we're going to be really disappointed with it. But at the same time, I think that Astros fans probably went maybe a little overboard because what happens if this comes out to be nothing? But at the same time, it is very ironic. If the Astros, I mean, if the Yankees were cheating in 2017 beyond what we already know about, then yeah, they that needs to be um, all the stuff that CC Sabathia said, Aaron Judge, everybody on the Yankees, all the Yankees fans, John Boy, everybody. Yes, they should be ashamed of themselves. But at the same time, it doesn't minimize what the Astros did. And it doesn't minimize what the Red Sox did, even though they didn't get punished a lot. But at the same time, I'm not going to get too excited about it until we actually see that letter come out and see what is on it because I don't, it may not be that incriminating. No, right. And that's the thing. So I, I'm going to recount for you a guy that you can find. His name is Joe Rivera. You can find him at Joe Rivera SN. He, he writes for um, Sporting News. Now, I'm, I'm going to present this to you, not as if it's fact, but that it is allegations and it's conjecture and we don't we don't have any basis maybe this turns out to be like i remember the first time i heard john boy talking about the trash can banging the noise and stuff like nobody believed him and they came out like oh crap like okay this stuff is real but this is what he said real quick i'm just going to break it down he basically said that he has a source that told him last year the yankees allegedly had three cameras in the outfield trained on the catcher okay those signs would then be decoded in the dugout and relayed to the hitter during games and at bats um it had been happening in 2017 and before. And then he also said, according to this source, the Yankees had four guys who strictly go over signs during a game, revealing signs to players live in moment during an AB. When a player made it to second, the signs would be relayed to the hitter. That kind of confirms a little bit what has been known before. John Boyce admitted there was a guy on second relaying signs. That's not necessarily breaking the rules. According to this source, there are multiple teams who are using different methods of sign stealing. Yankees, Rangers, Royals, and Phillies. Okay. Now, what he said, he said, well, what I would like to point 
point out is this. It's important. The one source who told me these things, and I've had a fair level of difficulty verifying some of their finer details in the sign stealing coming from New York. But from what I gather, it's much more widespread than we believe MLB would have to think. Now, also, what came just, I guess, about an hour or two after that was... The same source said that whistling live feeds during games, a person in stands, posturing or positioning of coaches from how a coach sits in the dugout, stepping forward with the right foot, left leg in the field, are methods of how signs would be stolen. Um, and, of course, there's a there's a video that someone put out, and they highlight the word whistle, kind of like John Boy did the word bang. And there's a guy on, 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 um, on Twitter called Astros John Boy, which I think is kind of funny and satirical. But here's the thing, Eric. Here's why I'm so jazzed about this. Here's why I'm so pumped and how why I'm like in fifth gear is because for months I've had to listen to the bickering and the victimization that the Yankees and Dodgers claimed. Oh, we're victims. Oh, look at us. Oh, you cheated us out of a title when they knew fair and well that they struck out like Aaron Judge struck out like 27 million times. I mean, they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. The problem is if they were cheating, they apparently sucked at it. So here's here's the thing, dude. At the end of the day, even if this is smoke and mirrors, for a glorious second, a glorious minute of my existence in these last four or five months, this is wonderful to me. And I freaking love it. Astros Nation loves it. And I know they've got my back. You've got my back, guys, that this is the cow eating its own cud that it threw up a big like oh i'm self-righteous oh i'm i'm so terrible oh i'm aaron judge i'm going to take down a congratulatory congratulatory instagram message to to altuve and making him out to be some fraud whatever dude grow some stones and man up if you cheated let us know if you didn't then I correct myself. That's fine, dude. I'm okay with being wrong. And yes, I'm still pissed the Astros cheated. And this doesn't make it right. Two wrongs never make it right. But gosh darn it, the freaking Yankees aren't the only people who, I mean, the Astros aren't the only people who's done something wrong here. You know, there are a lot of teams that have done something. And it's just, finally, we're starting to uncover some of this crap, in my opinion. Now, this is from Andy Martino. He said, a letter sent by MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred to the Yankees in 2017 does not allege that the Yankees participated in sign stealing because the league concluded that the team did not steal signs. Sources with direct knowledge of the investigation told SNY. On Friday, Judge Jed Rakoff ordered that the letter be unsealed against the Yankees' wishes. The Yankees were a third party in the lawsuit uh, by DraftKings players against the MLB, the Houston Astros, and the Boston Red Sox. The plaintiffs contended that the defendant defrauded them in various science-stealing scandals. Rakoff did dismissed the suit in April, but on Friday ordered the release of a minimal, minimally redacted version of Manfred's letter addressed to uh, Brian Cashman. So basically that's Andy Martino trying to say it's not a big deal, but we'll have to see what actually happens. But you know Astros, uh, not fans, but the Astros went to Twitter today and they did all these uh, funny memes. I think that, what was uh, Alex Bregman? I think it was withdrawn, but he had that, the boy blinking and... Yeah, he kind of had a smirk on his face and Carlos Correa put the little, his 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 hand to his ear like, like I can't hear you. But he also did what Aaron Judge uh, said, what... And, yeah. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. Um, you know, Eric, here's the thing. If this if this is much ado about nothing, then why in the hell 
do the Yankees not want this document released? I mean, it's not like it's going to unveil some secret. Like, dude, don't even make me go off on Derek Jeter and, and his little whims when he was in Major League Baseball. But I'm just saying, like, what are they worried about uncovering? If there's nothing there and there's nothing alleged or the Yankees aren't bigger um, transgressors than what we already know that them to be. And it's like, uh, which year are we talking about them using a camera? 1976? sometime in the 80s, 2015, 2017, 2019. I mean, you can go back and you can dig up some stuff where the Yankees have used technology for years, man. And let me just tell you, it's a part of the game. It's it's just, dude, for us to act like the Astros invented some horrible, egregious sin that came from the belly of, of Abraham's bosom, just from the, from the pit of the devil, is just such a freaking mischaracterization of what's gone on in Major League Baseball. So Andy Martino, that's great, but tell the Yankees to release it. Why are you holding back, bro? Release it. If it's got nothing incriminating, why not be transparent? Transparency, man. And then, you know what, Eric? I'll be the first to admit, if I'm wrong here and if the Yankees didn't do anything else, you know what? I'll drop it. I won't say another word about it. I think I read somewhere, maybe it was Andy Martino's uh, piece, but he said that it was, it's, Maybe just because it it will remind them that they were fined in 2017 for uh, some type of stealing signs. Maybe not exactly the same stuff, but uh, so I don't really know what's going on here. We'll have to see what happens, but people across baseball really reacted to this. So this is something that, and uh, if the athletic is saying it, it's typically pretty valid. So we'll have to see what the after effect from this is. I know that MLB and the Yankees are going to try to push this away, try to cover it up, so to speak, whatever. And maybe it's just that um, this is what, but the Yankees acknowledging it and sealing would cause significant reputational reputational injury is quite interesting. That's what um, uh, Jeff Passan said. So this is just, it's just what's going on. What's going on at the game? We we don't have baseball, and it's June thirteenth. Uh, we should be almost to think about all star voting and stuff like that. But we haven't even started, and we're supposed to be starting spring training two point What in a few days? Um, like maybe the on uh, Monday. <laughs> now at the earliest, you're probably not gonna get it going until the twenty second. But that's if they come up with it. They figure out everything by Monday, and that's what the players want. They want to know, look, uh, tell us where to be. We'll come play baseball. We won't be happy, but we'll come play baseball. We'll get our money, and uh, we'll play the 2021 season, but get ready for a fight after the 2021 season during the collective bargaining process. You know, I've got an idea for a slogan for the 2020 season when it occurs because apparently man fraud said it's going to occur and it should be called mlb 2020 we didn't start the fire because the world was burning since the world was turning just use that as your theme song we didn't start the fire and have like the owners like like in the background like looking angry and the players looking mad and like that would be phenomenal you could do a sweet montage instead of like let the kids play just like we didn't start the fire and let them just like point fingers at each other i'm like hey let's do it Let's mic up every player. Let's mic them up. Let's have like if they if they if they speak Spanish, have an interpreter. Um, if it's like Otani, have an interpreter so you know everything they're saying. Add in new cams. Make a home plate cam. Put put cameras on the 
on the catcher. Um, put a camera in center. Oh, wait, no, not in center field. That wouldn't be good. Um, but there's a lot of things they could do to really market this game and exploit and try to rub over the sores and put Band-Aids on things. I know this. I'm ready for some freaking baseball. And if they don't play, I'm going to Constellation Field. I'm going to the Dell Diamond. I'm going to go watch me some damn baseball. Well, 48 games, 50 games, 52 games, 54 games, 56 games, whatever Rob Manfred decides, it's going to be a short season. It's going to be about two months, less than two months of baseball. And then the playoffs. And that would definitely finish before September 27th. And that way they can start the postseason in October. Uh, and I did read that there's uh, the one of the reasons why they don't want to go too deep into November is because of the uh, networks. Uh, they have already stuff planned for like the football and everything else. They don't want to do that. And they, uh, they just don't want to deal with baseball in November. Uh, baseball supposed to be done by then. So uh, we'll see. I know that they uh, agreed with Turner Sports Day. And I saw Trevor Bauer said, there, you got some money now. Now you can pay us and all that. So, but that's not till the 2021 or 2022 season and so there's just so much up in the air right now and the next two days are going to be very critical to the 2021 sorry 2020 season hopefully not to 2021 but and we'll have to see what happens but this has been a crazy day crazy week crazy off season and it's still technically off season i think uh so we'll have to see what happens from here whether uh i don't know what's going to go on we don't know what's going to happen from this point it's all in manfred's hand and if I were them, I would say, look, we really need to come to agreement. Let's just meet the players a little bit more halfway and just suck it up and figure out what to do at a later time. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Something's got to happen. Something's got to give. But we have been without. um, Oh, no, we have not been without headlines. We have not been without stuff to talk about. So, hey, hand it to them. I guess they're creating news without creating games so that's kind of working for them but it's not really bringing them any money you know what i noticed eric it's funny and i'll just close with this how mlb network they weren't they weren't reporting on this yankee thing they were re-showing again matt kane's perfect game against what team the houston astros man it just seems weird how we got all these i mean uh, I guess the Astros are losers and have never won a baseball game and don't have any great games to cover. Anyways, I digress. Sorry, I, I couldn't I couldn't um, get off the show without kind of putting that little uh, plug in. I saw that and I was like, really? Come on, Matt Kane. We've already seen it like twice, I think, in the last two months. Yeah, we'll probably do another show tomorrow. We'll talk about the draft tomorrow because we haven't had a chance to address that. And we'll talk about any more details that come out because the players have said, look, we want to know by Monday what the plans are. So, man, Fred, if he's going to do a barbecue this weekend, he's probably going to have to cancel that. <laughs> and he's going to have to um, go ahead and cancel any date nights or anything. And him and his lawyers and all the owners need to figure out what the heck's going on here because he's technically on the clock now. And this is all up to him. So uh, that's all we got for this podcast. Remember to check out Locked On Astros every day where we talk Astros baseball. And we just enjoy doing it. And I really appreciate uh, Brett doing this on a Saturday night. But it's just something that we needed to address. And don't forget to check out our friend Sully over at Locked On MLB. I know that he was a little bit. He 
heated last week, but we'll have to see how he feels with this latest news. And hopefully we play baseball games. I say they're going to play at least 60 games. What What do you say? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to set the bar low. I'm going to set the bar at 50. I would rather it be more and be wrong on my prediction than, than predict too many games and them only give me 45 or 50. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with 50 right now. Um, that gives the Seattle Mariners um, a chance. I just want to take a second and add a release that was released by Rob Manfred and MLB baseball right after we finished recording the show. So I'm going to go ahead and insert this. They said, we are disappointed that the MLB PA has chosen not to negotiate in good faith over resumption of play after MLB has made three successive proposals that would provide players, clubs, and all fans with an amicable resolution in this very difficult situation called by the COVID-19 pandemic. The MLBPA needs to understand that agreement reached on March 26 was premised on the party's mutual understanding that the players would be paid their full salaries only if play resumed in front of fans and that... Another negotiation was to take place if the cl- clubs could not generate the billions of dollars in tech ticket revenue required to pay the players. The MLBPA's position that the players are entitled to virtually all the revenue from a 2020 season played without fans is not fair to thousands of other baseball employees that clubs and other office are supporting financially during this very difficult 2020 season. We will evaluate the union's refusal to adhere to terms of the March agreement and after consulting with ownership, determine the best course to bring baseball back to our fans. All right, that's all we got for this edition of Locked on Astros podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.